In 2012, Mike Bagal was named executive chef of Alinea, one of the world's most talked about restaurants in Chicago. He combines a unique mix of a broadly artistic mind with a calm, pragmatic, and practical approach to running a complex kitchen. It was his relentless drive and work ethic that moved him quickly up the ladder at Alinea, where he cracked the code to floating food with the famous balloon course as featured in the Netflix documentary, Chef's Table. Mike joins us today as we talk about creativity, work ethic, and curiosity. I'm Ashton Gustafson, and this is Good, True, and Beautiful. Hey guys, Ashton Gustafson here, and welcome back. Hope you're doing well. I am beyond excited today uh, to introduce you guys um, to a new friend of mine. A couple weeks ago, I had the awesome opportunity to eat at Alinea in Chicago. Maybe you've heard about this restaurant, uh, one of the most talked about restaurants in the country and the world for that matter. Um, They've received three-star Michelin, James Beard Awards. They've been on Chef's Table. Uh, They're breaking the mold uh, as far as things go in the food scene across the world. And uh, I reached out to a guy. He's the executive chef of Alinea, and uh, I've admired his work from afar for some time now. Uh, His creativity, the genius he brings to his work uh, is just amazing. And so I reached out and said, hey, would you come share with us uh, your insights and a little bit of that genius that you have? And he said yes. So with that being said, Mike Bagal joins us from Alinea, Chicago. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You bet, man. So um, where do we begin with you and your work in the world? Maybe someone's a stranger to you and they haven't crossed paths uh, with you and what you do. Where do you begin? Um, you know, it's a difficult place to, I guess, start that conversation. Um, but the simplest form, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a chef. Yeah. Um, the kind of chef that I've chosen to be is <clears throat> kind of in... Um, a little different atmosphere than you might expect from a chef. You know, um, the work that we do at Alinea is extremely innovative um, and and very thoughtful, and a lot of work goes in behind the scenes. Um, so it's almost like a finishing school for me. <laughs> Absolutely. So what, what led you um, kind of to saying, I want to be in this culinary space? Kind of before your journey at Alinea, um, what, when and where, what, what was that like in your story to kind of say, Hey, I think this is the path I want to go. You know, it was, I was cooking in South Florida before I moved to Chicago and I took my job seriously. I was the chef of a hotel and had a lot of fun and I was doing really well in terms of my own creativity um, and enjoying myself and my day-to-day operation but I had a lot of responsibility in terms of my job title. I was the chef de cuisine of a hotel and I was in my early twenties and I kind of like reached a point where I didn't, I didn't really like, it was a little bit too, I wasn't ready. Hmm. Basically. I felt like internally I hadn't achieved what I wanted to achieve Hmm. and I wasn't in the place that I wanted to be to call myself a chef yet. And I realized that I had, a smaller window of time to kind of seize a greater opportunity. And ultimately I just wanted to be the best chef that I could be and as professional as I could be and go somewhere where I could have that opportunity. So, um, a linear, like I was classically trained most of my career 
and uh, I was looking for other jobs, admittingly, and mm. I saw an ad posted by Grant Ackett's <laughs> saying he was looking for cooks, and I was like, perfect. You know, I had been following his work, admiring his work, and he was doing things that I had not seen or known that that was even possible in the culinary yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to enhance my technique, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to I'm gonna drive up to Chicago and try out for a job, and that's what I did. Well, and he well. offered me the job, and you know that was eight years ago. Well, so eight years ago, you you head up to Chicago, and here's what I love about your story. I didn't know this, but like um, for me, there's been guys in business, uh, philosophers, thought leaders, guys that you know are pushing the envelope. And you sometimes need someone to mirror something that you know is inside of you, but you can see it in them maybe more than you see it in yourself at the moment, but you know that's where you want to go. Was that kind of what you were seeing where Grant was taking things? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that definitely is a good way to put it. Yeah. And I think that applies to, you know, in the very basic sense of who you surround yourself with. And I knew that if I had potential, which I believe that I did, that the only way to maximize that potential was to go somewhere or somebody, if I proved myself in that environment would give me that opportunity. Yeah. And I just, I just, one of those things where I just had to know, hmm. you know, I had to, I had to determine what was next for me and like what I wanted out of life. And I made a decision that, you know, I wanted to do something that hopefully be a participant in something amazing one day. And, I believe that um, that thought process has got me where I am today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you could pick a word for like this discipleship program, I'm going to call it that. It's not necessarily that, but to study under Grant, um, like what what would a what would a word be that you could say has helped cultivate this, has helped form you into who you are today? Um, yeah. Um, it's a good question. That's deep. <laughs> um, discipleship's a big word. Um, I guess, I guess if it was one word, it would be rewarding. Yeah. Um, and I say that because it kind of, that comes way after the fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think, I think when you dedicate yourself to something, uh, like, you know, the type of environment that makes almost anybody successful, no matter what field it is, it's usually grueling and stressful and it's a huge sacrifice. Um, but ultimately when you're doing those things because you believe in them and, and you sacrifice, sacrifice yourself that way, um, then it starts to become extremely rewarding yeah. because you get to see, um, the reactions and the byproducts of all that work. Um, so, you know, it was, it was tough, but, um, and it's tough every day and I would never be able to do it if I wasn't able to see, um, the reward from it. Hmm. So, and that was eight years ago, you basically showed up, um, and, uh, was it like, I mean, forgive my language for not knowing what to call it, a tryout, a yeah. show us your stuff. <laughs> um, well, what's, actually, what's that like? It's actually called a stage. A stage. Uh, okay. Yeah, and a stage is an industry term. It's actually there's two types of stages. There's a there's a stage that's a tryout, which means you're in somebody else's space temporarily hmm. um, to determine whether or not you're the best fit, 
which is like also a tryout, like you said. And then we have a stage where you can, and this is, this culture has changed a lot over the years, but where one person will volunteer free labor in exchange for knowledge. Right um, in this case, I did a two-day stage and as a tryout, and they gave me like a big to-do list. And depending on my performance, they made they determined whether or not they were going to hire me. Well, well, very cool. And so yeah. you, uh, they offer you a spot, a position, a place. And eight years later now, I mean, you're the executive chef. Um, and when I ate there a couple of weeks ago, I got to peek back in there. Um, saw you doing your thing back there. Um, what's it been? What's the ride been like? I mean, I can't imagine, um, that journey for you in these last few years. You know, it has been, it's been one, it's been the greatest part of my life. Um, It started with like the first day that I started there, I was filled for the first time in my life. Wow. Anxiety. Like when I started working at Alenia, I, and I'm not saying this to, to make a point, but I honestly had never experienced anxiety before <laughs> and I didn't, and I didn't even know what it was until I started feeling it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, wow. this is what anxiety is. Wow. Um, because I doubted myself and I actually didn't. And I was somebody who always believed in myself and said I could do anything and conquer anything. And you know, mm-hmm. everything was going to be easy for me. Cause I was like that confident and slash arrogance (laughs) and then i got there and i realized that like holy shit this is intense and i really started doubting myself um but that that ultimately gave me a a harder mind harder skin Mm. um and also fueled my desire to push Mm -hmm. through it and, Mm -hmm. and and to get the most out of it and so for those eight years it's increasingly been more rewarding yeah um i've i I started off as a cook and then I got promoted to a sous chef after 11 months. And then I got promoted to a chef de cuisine. And immediately after my first promotion, I was able to become a part of the creative team, which is really why I stuck around because for me, that was a huge honor and it was a huge um, trust factor that Grant thought highly enough of me and trusted me enough that he wanted to work as a team with me and, you know, help create the new identity for Alinea which is new every day basically. But yeah, um, yeah, between that and travel and pop-ups and relationships and everything that's happened over the past eight years, um, I wouldn't trade it for a thing. So um, walk me through pressing into that anxiety. Like I think, I think that is a, um, I would love to hear your insight on this because all of a sudden you're there, you're on the stage, it's on. And then, you know, the lizard brain, the amygdala, fear starts talking. Um, yeah. How did you, what was your process to press into that, to push through, um, to get to that simplicity on the other side of, you know, what felt difficult at, at one time? Um, it's So for me personally, it was hard, but I embraced the challenge because even up until that point, until now, I've never quit anything in my life. Hmm. And I I remember that moment in particular where I was like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to quit something. I'm finally going to admit that I can't do this. And I entertained that notion for, I don't know, a few weeks, maybe even a couple months where I was like, you know, what what am I doing this for? Because it was, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. 
the stress was like overcome and I was constantly doubting myself. And I was like, why am I doing this? And I kept telling myself, you know, if you make it through this, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had that discipline, you know, and, and, and admittingly it wasn't easy and it's not easy for, you know, the 99.9, maybe a hundred percent of the people that come in there. Yeah. And I think that's also applicable to anything that, you know, you consider to be the best of yeah. whether it's, you know, I mean, for us, we consider it top gun and, and that restaurant's pretty elite. And, you know, I just couldn't live with, with, you know, the regret. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I've reorganized, reorganized myself. I stayed in shape. Um, I was very thoughtful about everything I did. I did things the harder way as opposed to taking shortcuts to ensure that my end product was always what it should be. You know, I changed mm-hmm. and, that's mm-hmm. a really necessary part and and becoming more is is change. So if I'm hearing what you're saying, the headwinds started to be your guide of, yeah, this is the right spot for you. Like rather than yeah. bail, rather than exit, you were like, no, this is this must be part of the path. If if this is what I'm after, if this is who I want to be and where I want to go. Um Correct. it's like you changed that vernacular a bit in your head and and said oh this is just how it is right yeah yeah you know and i had already i had already determined that i wasn't happy and i wanted something more um which was the reason for for going there yeah so for me to get there and 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 cash in or cash out um before i even you know accomplished anything would have been the ultimate failure Hmm. so uh in eight years what would you say separates chef Ackett's from other chefs in the world. Um, what is it? What, what's, if you could mention that one thing that you've noticed in him that's rubbed off on you, that's that difference maker. What would that be? That separates him from other chefs in the world. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really his, his, his caliber. And when I, when I say that, I mean, you know, literally his, the caliber of, of chef. I mean, he's in that 1% category. Yeah. I mean, just like a is in that 1% category of, of, of restaurants. Um, because he, he sits amongst the most talented, successful, influential chefs in history. And like, you can look at that statistically, but I think, you know, the longevity, um, in which he has maintained his success is really a testament mm-hmm. to, um, the validity of his caliber. Yeah. Like it's, it's the, the restaurant industry is brutal as I'm sure, you know, um, as a businessman or as a cook, but to be a chef owner of a place and to sustain it on a day-to-day basis, day in and day out, year after year. I mean, Alinius, he, he's, he's the quintessential professional. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I well, would say his caliber. Well, so, um, I, I love the essence of story that you bring um, to kind of walking through your career. My sense is that your journey as a chef, you've also come to know yourself more as you've progressed in your career. Um, and, and I'm noticing this in, in my own career. You want to walk with me on, you know, you pushed you pushed through the anxiety. You didn't think you could do it. You did it. And now you see the world anew. And I'm sure that that, that kind of process has repeated itself. Um, and I'm sure you're even now noticing it in the way you 
create and the thing and the ideas that you come up with? Are, are you seeing like everything from your presence, your consciousness, your self-awareness? Is it all moving with you as you move along in your career? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, like um, e- each day, each day you learn something new about yourself, and then you can self-express that through your creation. It's like you're half. You're half chef, but you're you're maybe forty nine percent chef, fifty one percent artist. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And you know, there's there's a percentage of of own psychologist in there, you know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Um, you're absolutely right, and I think that's you know that uniqueness is is the key. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's very reciprocal relationship between you know your personal life and the life that you have as your job i mean they they need to kind of be homogenous mm. um because that's i feel like that's the goal i mean yeah. not just to be happy but also successful in what you do and you have to believe in what you do so fully um that you can contribute in the most sincere way yeah. and that's what makes things genuine and like from our day-to-day thought process at work and and outside of work it's one and the same and um it doesn't get convoluted well it does but you have to find a way out of it Hmm. um but i feel like being like extremely genuine you can't learn that or train that so um, i take a lot of pride in the fact that um i use i try to become a better person in my job and a better person in my life and let that person evolve because i think that's what we're meant to do yes yeah 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 and that authentic authenticity translates to your very work within alinea um yes the truer you can be to yourself that you know we'll taste it on the plate it'll be something new it'll be refreshed and anew um that's the sense i get from all of you guys like i've been around the country and and gone to some pretty sweet places but when i when i experience what you guys are doing there it's it's more of a metaphor than it is a meal right yeah um like hey you need to go new places you need to be stretched this is just a meal it just so happens to be the meal we're trying to convey that at absolutely yeah one of my one of my favorite uh quotes and i tell that cooks this all the time is uh, from the the Oregon track coach Bill Bowerman when he told his runners he's like you know if you guys can find meaning in the type of dedication that it takes to succeed at running then you can find meaning in life mm-hmm. and you know it's so applicable and you, and you spend your day in and day out at Alinea and we all do and they're not always the best days and they're always pretty hard but if you are constantly getting something out of it and you're growing and we're, and we're having foresight and we're changing, then it's perfect, yeah. you know, and you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Yeah. But if you go day in and day out and you're not pulling from it, then that's where the struggle becomes real. Beautiful. Love it. So what, um, what disciplines have you cultivated outside of the kitchen, outside of the workplace? So let's pause the Alinea talk. Um, uh, what are the things that you have learned to pursue um, so that when you come back into the workplace on stage where you're making your art, um, you do show up refreshed anew uh, and ready to do something different? <laughs> I think the, the biggest thing is, is organization, which, interesting. Um, oh yeah. I mean, look, I'd like to 
say that my job is nothing but creativity and I'm like, all I get to do is, you know, paint beautiful pictures all day and people look at them and say they're amazing. But the reality of the situation is it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of failure. Um, But the organization makes the day to day um, successful. Hmm. Um, You know, my whole job is based on foresight, problem solving, anticipation. You know, how can I be more organized to eliminate the potential for problems um, and that in turn gives me more free time, you right. know, it's like, it's like we're always on a clock and I carry that through, you know, my days off. Um, those kind of practices have made me appreciate, um, the smaller things and the, the time that I have in my off time, you know? So yeah. where when I was younger, I would just waste a lot of my time. I feel like, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with wasting time and hanging <laughs> out, but at the same time, all that discipline that I have on my day to day has made me appreciate what I could be doing more yeah. when I'm not at work. Um, so that's great. So systems, knowing your metrics, process, organization, these grinding it out in those areas has actually led to more spaciousness in your life and your workplace. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it creates efficiency, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, once, once those practices become habits, then you're good. You know, yeah. it, it's hard to like create the habits to begin with and, and get really good at it. But right. once the habits exist, you know, yeah, totally. then you make yourself a better person and it's great. Yeah. It becomes second nature after it's a habit. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, so what's keeping you curious? Like there's no way you guys come up with what you come up with. Um, without having having the muse stirred within you somehow, um, be it art, movies, music, you know your surroundings. Um, I'm always I always love to hear uh, where people go to kind of be inspired and and remain curious in what they do. Yeah, um, that's a great question, um, and I ask myself that question every day. Mm. <laughs> Um, you know, I think, you know, inspiration keeps me curious. That's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, and when I say that, I mean like what, like I'm constantly wondering what's going to excite me and what's going to inspire me, um, creative, creatively, professionally, um, and lifestyle wise, you know, um, look at like i don't always even look for that inspiration i, I wait for it to, to happen naturally uh, yeah that's good but that's a really that's a really big part of life i feel like i'm a advocate of not following trends and um i i stay out of you know mainstream media for the most part you know like i like to have things to happen naturally but uh inspiration is is the thing that that fuels me you know, and like when I travel, travel is a big thing. When I travel, I get super inspired Yeah. no matter where I'm going, like yeah. whether it's Japan or Mexico city, I just got back from Mexico city and the, the most simple things, whether it's a piece of fruit or the style of clothing or the way the streets look or the way that the night sky looks like in a, in a huge city, whatever it is, I can take something from that. Yeah. And I feel like it's necessary and everybody should. And, and, how that fuels you and what way and what do you appreciate from those things and i swear man every time i come back from a trip or or an adventure i 
bring that back to the kitchen, whether it's a complete full dish that's more of a little translation from a place I visited, or if it's just a nuance that I appreciated and I added it and nobody else knows about it but me. Yeah, love that. Yeah, being, you know, always being in a setting or a place where you can experience something new, it, it seems as though that that does cultivate some sort of inspiration, gratitude. I haven't been here before. Look at that. It, it spe- you know, newness speaks to us in ways. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so how, when, when, when that moment hits, whether it's fashion, a sunset, a piece of fruit, a horizon, um, do you subliminally just take notes of that? Do you keep an Evernote file? Do you, are you on paper? You know, how do you bring that back home? You know, I've tried to get I've tried to get better at it. <laughs> like so, I, lo- I type notes a lot. Yes, I take lots of photographs. Right um, and then a lot of it's just kind of spiritual. Like, if I leave a situation, sometimes you don't appreciate it until after the fact, and mm-hmm. that happens a lot with me too. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. certain there's a certain smell or a certain vibe or a certain feeling that I had, and I didn't appreciate the feeling until it was gone. And mm-hmm. then when I remember back. I'm like, wow, that was magic. And it was, it could be the most simple thing in the world, but I think just recognizing that it existed and that it happened is really necessary. So then I document it and I try to recreate it in my own way or try to share it with others in my own way. Um, But yeah, I think it's super important. You know, one thing that I teach on a lot is this idea that the magic is in the mundane. Um, and oh, yeah. th- the question isn't, is it available? The question is, are we available? Um, uh, that's a great way to put it, you know? And so when you say you're on the lookout for inspiration or that's what keeps you curious, I mean, heck we get the word inspiration from in spirit, inspiration, inspire, like it's those words come together. Uh, so when you say absolutely. it, you know, when you say it's spiritual, it, it absolutely, uh, I agree with you hundred percent. So, um, Man, I've loved this. I could I could do this all day. Um, <laughs> what what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, it's it's hard. Um, I think if I could give advice, you know, I would have. I might have said. I might have said, you know, wake up and pursue your goals sooner. Like I might've been more naive when I was younger and Mm -hmm. just assuming that, you know, quote unquote, things are going to happen, you know? And I, and I realized, um, that things only happen when you make them happen. Um, so I might've told my younger self to, to jump on board a little quicker. However, you know, I'm pretty proud of the experiences that I've had and, uh, the juxtaposition between my professional life and when I was younger, I was more of an adrenaline seeker. And hmm. I feel that all of those things have influenced me the way I am today. Yeah. But as we get older and we know that the clocks never stops ticking, that, you know, it's never too late to, or too soon, I should say, to, to pursue your dreams, totally. your goals. Love it. Love it. So um, I know a lot of us know you as like the guy that made fo- food float. Um, in your recollection, how many failed attempts before you actually had something floating? I know you worked on this for years and years to make it happen. Um, it's kind of one of these standard dishes that you guys have. Um, 
I love chatting uh, with people about failing forward, and yeah, I'd just love to hear that from you. You know, I, it actually didn't take long. I think really? it's a misconception in which, I'll be darned. Um, and in which people think that it, it, and there's been like, look, the idea of floating food has been around forever, especially with avant-garde chefs, the Spanish chefs, yeah. anybody in the molecular field who um, has a passion for invention, so to speak, everyone's tried it. Um, but, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, it just didn't take long. Um, <laughs> it was really a matter of, it was really a matter of having like helium available. Right. I tried it with hydrogen because uh, somebody told me that it was lighter than helium. And I was like, wow, that's why we're failing because it's going to make it float. And that's obviously a bomb. And that was a horrible idea to bring hydrogen. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think it was a matter of like actually just having the helium tanks. Um, and when the idea came to me on the sugar solution, it was on a day that we were off hmm. and I was sitting in my house and I of said, this combination and I called um, our culinary liaison. I said, can you bring a tank and meet me at Alinea? And within like half an hour, um, this is like 2011 or 12, um, the first balloon was blown up and wow. uh, the rest is history. But, you know, I've struggled way harder making classical terrines. And, mm. you know, like I, that was an amazing accomplishment. And I'm super proud of it. Um, but my day-to-day life is, is failures. And that's what I like about it. Love that. And, you know, in other interviews that I've seen of you and, and, and read some of those things, I love that, like, you also don't want to be defined by just that. Um, no. Like, you want to, you are pressing in. You are failing. Like, no, we're going to keep failing. We're going to keep pushing the envelope. We're going to keep challenging the status quo. That's it's the essence of the name millennia. That's why we're here. Look, sometimes you do something and it typecasts you because mm-hmm. that thing was bigger than something else that you've done. And nobody wants to be typecast. And as as proud of I am as of the balloon because it's an accomplishment and I'm super proud of it because people said it couldn't be done. And I feel like I harnessed an energy and a thought process that proved that belief wrong. So it's yeah. like, wow, this is yeah. great. At the same time, you know, I cook classically and in and my data and I think it's also because society's conception of what, you know, they look at as like science food and molecular food. And meanwhile, at Alinea we do classic Escoffier dishes and classical techniques. And then we do this awesome juxtaposition where you have a very thoughtful nostalgic dish and then you have a balloon and it's this whole, you know, balancing act of twists and turns and it's and that's what's really cool about it. Um, I think sometimes people forget about that and they look at something that they see in social media and they say, wow. 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 Man, I love that. That's, that's some deep, deep wisdom there. None of us want to be typecast. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and pressing in, again, even the name Millennia itself is, you know, a new beginning. Um, exactly. The, ne- the next train of thought. Um, and you guys embody that. Um, I can tell you experiencing the restaurant, you, uh, from start to finish, that is the vibe. And, um, we, we leave with a metaphor and it carries over into all of our lives. So, um, kudos to you guys. Um, if, if our listeners want to follow you and your work, where would you direct us? Instagram, Twitter, where's the best place you would send us? You know what? I'm going to send, I'd say, I'd say Instagram. Awesome. 
And it's just at Mike Bagail. Mike Bagail, right on. Yeah. Uh, well, man, I am uh, super grateful for this chance to get to chat with you. Hope uh, hope our paths cross soon. I'd love to shake your hand. And, Likewise. Uh, and I've uh, I told my wife next time we're going, we're sitting at the chef's table. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you know how to find me, so let me know. All right, brother. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon and uh, keep doing great things. Sounds great. Cheers. Um, thanks a lot. You bet, man. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Make sure you go online, follow the work Mike is doing. You can follow him on Instagram at Mike Bagal. You can also find out more information about all things Alenia at aleniarestaurant.com. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love.